Welcome to the Article to Audio podcast brought to you by the NAC team. NAC stands for Negotiation and Conflict. NAC, N-A-C, is made up of a team of scholars who are passionate about the teaching, research, and practice of negotiation and conflict management. We offer you this podcast series to highlight the work of global academic thought leaders who have a knack for negotiating and managing conflict. The Article to Audio podcast interviews authors who have published research in negotiation and conflict management that advances theory and informs practice in the field. I'm Michael Gross. I teach in the Department of Management, College of Business at Colorado State University, and today I am your host. Today, our guest is Deborah Sai. Deborah is Professor and Senior Associate Dean in the Klein College of Media and Communication at Temple University and she is a faculty member in the Media and Communication Doctoral Program. Dr. Sai is an international researcher with scholarly and professional expertise in intercultural communication, persuasion, negotiation, and conflict management. She's conducted research in China, Japan, and the U.S., and she has trained political and business leaders from Afghanistan, China, Kazakhstan, and developing nations from Asian Pacific Economic Commission, APEC and the State Department's Leadership Program. Deborah is a fellow in the International Academy of Intercultural Researchers and is a fellow and past president of the International Association for Conflict Management. She is past chair of the Conflict Management Division of the Academy of Management. Deborah served as editor of the journal Negotiation and Conflict Management Research and is editor of the four-volume collection of research called Intercultural Communication, published by Sage Benchmark. Her research has published in outlets such as Communication Monographs, Communication Research, International Journal of Conflict Management, Human Communication Research, Journal of Cross-Cultural Psychology, as well as the Handbook of Intercultural Communication and the Sage Handbook of Conflict and Communication. We will be discussing her article called From Theory to Practice and Back Again. Lessons from Hostage Negotiation for Conflict Management, published in the journal Negotiation and Conflict Management Research in 2022. And that's in volume 15, issue three. Well, welcome to our podcast. Um, your article implies principles from hostage negotiation to conflicts in academic settings, which is very compelling. Can you share a personal experience that gave you this idea for the article? First, I'm delighted to be here with you, Michael. Thank you for having me. Um, I am so pleased to be able to talk about this article. Uh, an experience, one is that I teach courses in conflict management and negotiation from a communication perspective. And my favorite section whenever I teach those courses is to talk about hostage negotiation because Hostage negotiation really pushes communication to its limits. Uh, you have very intense conflict and people who have to know how to communicate. Uh, consider a hostage negotiator who is able to get someone who has uh, people who are captive, who is willing to, at the end, walk out the door guns pointing at them and walk out and give up their life to this person they've been talking to over a number of hours. 
right? That's an amazing process. So obviously I have not experienced that kind of intensity. Um, but there have been a few times uh, when the principles of hostage negotiation have been really helpful. Uh, there was one situation that escalated where a person really lost control emotionally. Uh, he berated me, but I could see what was happening with him, that the emotional intensity of what he was feeling. And so rather than trying to reason with him, uh, he needed to run out his emotions before we could have a conversation. So there are places where having taught it enough times that those principles stick in my mind of, of what needs to be done. Very nice. So your article specifically mentions five principles. And so can you tell us and our listeners what the five principles are and how um, the listeners can, how all of us can apply these principles to everyday life or professional careers or our workplaces? I would be happy to. Um, so the first principle is building rapport. Um, this principle really is about active listening, but one thing I've learned is that active listening goes well beyond sort of the repeat, rephrase, uh, you know, uh, type of four-hour principles of, of active listening, but more looking at listening and empathy and asking questions, the real importance of asking questions and being curious about the other person, seeking to understand what is going on with them is one of the crucial parts of, of building rapport. Um, also, good conflict management, uh, you know, is is asking questions to receive information without making judgments. So good Questions communicate empathy and concern. They help to manage emotions and they provide a lot of important information without jumping to conclusions. Um, and it gives us time also to think about what's going on. When we're asking questions, we're not saying something we shouldn't or trying to push the process too quickly. So that's the first principle. The second principle is managing affect. And this is so crucial to um, intense conflict situations is allowing emotions to cool. And so often we try to jump ahead and go, well, calm down and you shouldn't be angry or you shouldn't feel something. But instead we have to learn how to respond to other people's emotions um, and their outbursts, which is important for effective conflict management. But one of the things that we have to do is not be defensive. So often when somebody's upset, we respond in kind. You know, why are you upset with me? Well, it's not necessarily about you. So the their predictable patterns when somebody's emotions are heightened, uh, that they are not listening. They're defensive. They can do guilt shoving, which is a term my mother used to use, you know, guilt shoving, which was basically, you know, I'm going to push the guilt on you. It must be your fault that I'm feeling this way, right? And uh, and that's a predictable pattern as well when somebody's emotions are heightened. Um, so we have to learn to be have thick skin. We need to not take other people's emotional outbursts personally. And then we need to learn how to help other people work through their emotions rather than trying to push them to not be emotional. 
right? And that's a valuable lesson that we can learn from hostage negotiation. The third principle is paying attention to relational goals. And this principle has two sides. On the one hand, uh, we know the importance of relationships and seeking to improve or at least not hinder relationships. But at times, relational goals of preserving the relationship can actually get in the way. In um, I talk in the article about a particularly difficult conflict, one that dragged out over months and continued to escalate. And then at one point, the person we were negotiating with said to me, you are the enemy. And instead of feeling defensive and angry or, or how dare you, or I'm not the enemy, right? It was actually very freeing because all of a sudden I could focus fully on the substantive goals that needed to be addressed and not worry about the relationship. Didn't mean I could do anything I wanted. Morals and ethics still apply and, and doing the right thing is, is really important, but I was freed from having to preserve the relationship anymore. Um, so a good long-term relationship, um, common goals, no longer constrained what steps could be taken to find a solution. So uh, we can ask, is relationship guiding or preventing our ability to reach a successful solution. The fourth principle is observing communication. Of course, as a communication scholar, this one you know is near and dear to my heart um, because communication is central to de-escalating hostage situations. Uh, in the movie, The Negotiator, there's a wonderful set of scenes that deal with not saying no to the hostage taker, right? And it's very humorous to watch them play with that. Uh, in the article, I note two tactics that became evident in a major conflict situation. One was the opponent's control of the floor. In other words, the control of the conversation. The other side would talk over people, they would interrupt, they would talk at length in order to prevent others from talking or asking questions. The person used conversational control to control the interaction and the content of the interaction. The other tactic was a manufactured agreement, making it seem like the opponent had a lot of outside support for their positions, when in fact the person was really just taking taking advantage of back channeling and calling it support. So other people would go, oh yeah, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they would call this, well, see, I talked to this person and they supported me. Um, so it's the principle is watching the communication, how people interact, what strategies they have developed that work for them um, is really helpful and important. It's like a boxer, right, who has to know how their opponent's style of punching or defending works so that you can deliver your own punches and defenses and protect yourself, but also, you know, interact with the other side. And then the fifth principle is taking your time. Uh, and, and this is such an important one from hostage negotiation that you have to take time for interaction to unfold. If you actually watch what's going on with hostage situations, they often unfold over hours and hours. And you watch the news and they go, oh my gosh, the hostage situation has been going on for an hour, two hours. Yeah, that's right. It's going to take a long time. But moreover, as you get closer to the end, 
our tendency is to rush to get finished. Oh, we're almost done. Let's just wrap it up. And that's exactly when you want to slow down and make sure everything is working right. Because if you rush to the end, you may well miss really important things that need to be negotiated or some the other side can can uh, really mess up the negotiation at the end because you've pushed too quickly to get done. So those are the five principles that uh, that I talk about in the paper. Um, I wanted to give you an idea uh, while you were going through the five principles about, do you think that in our organizations um, that those are the kinds of things that really help an individual advance their career? You know, if they can really do these five things very effectively with uh, managing conflict at work, um, that they're seen as more capable leaders or um, the ability to really execute and get things done, um, that sort of thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, and Bill Gates, you know, he talks about the the need for good communication skills, but I, th I would say that these are the kinds of things that are that are especially important. If you can manage conflicts and not uh, escalate them, but de-escalate. If you can find ways to work with the difficult people, and there will always be difficult people, um, and sometimes they're not so difficult. Uh, I think one of the best abilities of managing conflict is not having conflict to begin with. There will always be conflicts in organizations. I don't, I don't want to dismiss that idea, but I think being reasonable and practicing these aspects of communication, we often can avoid having conflicts to begin with because we're listening, because we're empathizing, because we're trying to understand what somebody's saying um, and what's behind what they're trying to accomplish instead of becoming defensive, jumping to conclusions, letting our own emotions get involved. If we're able to help other people navigate what they're feeling, then our own, um, we, we, avoid having conflicts that don't need to arise. Or even escalate. And I when I keep thinking of how important rapport is and that and the listening and the learning about the other person through the questions you ask makes a huge difference. Because then you can get rid of, well, incorrect assumptions. Absolutely. There's a really good book by Kate Murphy called You're Not Listening that I, if I could have everybody read it, I, I would. Because, you know, she, she writes as a journalist, um, but she talks so much about the importance of asking questions and being curious about other people as such a crucial part of building rapport, building relationship, understanding people, their stories, where they're coming from, rather than just sitting with our own judgments and not seeking to understand. Wow, thank you for those principles. Another aim uh, in your article are recommendations for future directions for academic research. Um, can you tell us about two or three of these directions and what that might mean for how we might understand and manage conflict more effectively? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Future directions, um, number one, ask questions, what we were just talking about. Uh, asking questions is so important. Um, I was talking to a colleague from 
who's a professor in management recently, who noted how little information there is in the management literature on listening. And a crucial part of listening is asking questions. Uh, so the negotiation conflict management literature, I think, would really benefit from studying the role of questions and listening for managing conflicts, for improving negotiation. Study I did many years ago where I really found that um, that you know people sit down at the negotiation table and they make offers or they make in, you know, provide information rather than sitting down and asking questions and and trying to understand the other side. You know, instead, here's what I want. Now, what do you need, and where can we find our common ground? Right. Um, another is, you know, Putnam and Cole have written about the importance of relationship goals and negotiation, um, and how that can shape what we do and how satisfied we are with outcomes, and and that's all really important information. Um, but when do relationship goals become a problem? Uh, and, and we haven't really, I think, focused much on that aspect. At what point do relationship goals hinder what we're doing? Um, certainly they can hinder our ability to argue substantive goals, um, allowing differences to be hashed out rather than avoiding conflict because of concern for relationships. Um, uh, so, so we, avoid really dealing with the questions and problems that we should be addressing because we're trying to preserve relationship, but by preserving relationship, we actually undermine our ability to be effective and to come to the best agreements and even to work well with others. I love a good argument. <laughs> well, yeah, I wish all of us knew how to argue well, though, because sometimes they, these arguments become personal attacks. That's right. And and it's arguing with respect. I was just talking to a colleague last week who said, um, you know, that, that they were afraid to bring up tough issues because it could affect their employment issues. And I said, if we're arguing with respect, that is going to do better for all of us than if we're, you know, either arguing with disrespect, which shouldn't happen, or not arguing at all, right? A, a good vehement argument that is done with respect to everybody involved can really help us be much more effective in our organization, in the workplace, in finding solutions that, that help us all do better. Yeah, and then we're developing a really good skill of listening and developing rapport along with that, you know, to have, to have that, to exude that respect in an argument. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that kind of is where it all comes together. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. Uh, it's, I've learned a lot. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for, to our guest today for an engaging conversation. For more information about this episode, we hope you will check out the podcast notes on the NAC website, www.negotiationandconflictteam.com. So that's one word, negotiationandconflictteam.com. There, you can find additional sources and links to materials cited in this episode. On behalf of our podcast team, Ming Hong Sai, Laura Reese, Jennifer Parlamis, Michael Gross, that's me, and Deborah Sai, today's guest, thank you for listening. Please tell a friend about our podcast, and we hope you'll join us next time for another fascinating discussion that brings 
us from article to audio. Thank you.